Hello and welcome to the Accelerate Your Legacy podcast, where we talk all things money and money mindset. My name is Laura Sexton. I am a trusted financial coach and money mindset specialist. My goal with this podcast is to encourage and inspire you as you set out on a financial journey that eliminates stress and amplifies freedom. Today is the day you stop paying for your past and start saving for your future. If you're looking for more peace in your finances and margin in your budget, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to part three of Solving for Freedom. Today, we're going to talk about solving for freedom in your life. Now, you may be asking why this was part three and originally had planned for it to be part one, but I think it's more fun. So I wanted it to be the last one we talked about. When we talk about solving for freedom in our life, the first question I want to ask you is what does your rich life look like? I love this question. And when I say rich, I don't mean I have so much money in my bank. I mean full and abundant and vibrant. What does a full, abundant, vibrant life look like for you? Ramit Sethi, who I got the question from, says that one of his non-negotiables, one of his rich life's core values is that he doesn't question purchasing an appetizer at dinner. He just does it. This may seem like a really small thing, but for some people, I'm thinking of me here, when you were never allowed to order a soda when you went out to eat, you were never allowed to order an appetizer. It's a big deal to always order an appetizer with your dinner. And I think not questioning that, that's a full abundant life situation. For me, growing up, ordering a drink with dinner felt icky. It was not something we got to do very often. And after a while, I stopped asking. I didn't stop asking because my parents told me, no, we don't have any money. You can't get that. My parents just told me no often enough that I didn't want to ask anymore because I already knew the answer. But then when I grew up and I became an adult, I still didn't want to order that soda because it felt icky. And now, having worked at restaurants for over a decade, one in particular for over a decade, and I've worked at restaurants before and after this one. But at this one in particular, it was $3.25 to order a soda, and it cost 32 cents to pay for that soda. So it cost the business 32 cents for the soda and it cost me $3.50 to buy it. That seems gross, but it's a great way for them to up their profits. So good for the owners, but I'm not paying for the soda. And now that you know that, I hope you don't pay for the soda either. That being said, now that I am an adult, I do occasionally buy an adult beverage when I go out for dinner. But it's still very rare. Usually, I'm the one drinking water because there's still a part of me that is an eight-year-old little girl that gets to go out for dinner once every couple of weeks. And I really want to ask for that drink that costs money. But there's a part of my heart that just can't do it. So I think for me, a rich and abundant life would be, I just order the drink. So I love that Ramit has put this in. This is something that he... He just does. He just always orders the appetizer. There's a new 
personality on Dave Ramsey's team. Her name is Jane Warshaw, and she never turns down guacamole. She will always add the guacamole. That is part of her rich life, and I just love that. She gave a speech at an influencer event where she's like, I just buy the guacamole. And I, I just hear it in her voice. I just buy the guacamole. And like, yes, girl, you never have to turn that down ever again. One of my non-negotiables in my rich life is that I always put relationships first. This is so incredibly important to me. And I will explain how this pertains to money because it doesn't sound necessarily like it does. A friend in need is more important to me than making sales calls. Sales calls will put lots of money in my pocket. I can do even more fun things with my friends later. But I would rather be there for you today when you need me than have money to do something and you're only there because I'm paying for it. This is another way that putting relationships first is related to your money. Playing at the park is more important than crossing off my to-do list. Playing at the park with my children is an absolutely beautiful thing. And actually, I'm planning on doing that as soon as I am done recording these podcasts. When it's time to pick my kids up from school, I am going to grab them, hug them, love on them. And then we're going to go to the park and we are going to play because that is more important than me sitting here and finishing the list of things that I have to do in my business. I love my business. I love getting to work with each and every one of you, especially my one-on-one clients. You guys have my heart. My relationship with you is very important, but my relationship with my children is of utmost important. And I will always, always, always choose playing with them over getting my work to-do list done. Sometimes playing with them means pretending that we're Cinderella and I'm the mean stepmother and you're Cinderella and you're going to help me dust the, the curtains and put the laundry away. That's just kind of life, but we always try to make it fun because the relationships are more important than anything else. So let's talk about abundance for a second. Some people don't like the idea of abundance, but I want you to always understand that abundance is something to strive for. We should never strive for just enough money. Here's why I say that. You would never ask for just enough oxygen. You would never ask for just enough water. When you're parched, the only thing you want is more and more and more water. All the water. Bring me all of the clean drinking water because I am parched and I need to quench my thirst. You never quench your thirst with just enough water. Money is a tool. It is not good. It is not bad. It is just a tool like a hammer. I can either build something with a hammer or I can smash windows. I could do either of those things. That does not make the hammer good or bad. What I choose to do with it is good or bad. So when it comes to my money, my money is a tool, and what I choose to do with it can be good or bad. We don't make money just to have it. We don't get it just to keep it. We get it to put it back out into the world. It's called currency. It's a current. It moves. It flows. It goes from one person to another person. Mother Teresa once said, it takes a checkbook to change the world. You know who Mother Teresa is. She is the patron saint of volunteers, right? I think she actually was sainted by the Catholic Church. She worked so hard with the least of these. She worked hard for people, but she understood 
that in order to build people up, you have to have a resource. You can't feed the hungry without money to buy the food. Maybe you've heard the story of the Good Samaritan. There was a Jewish man who had been beaten and left on the side of the street. And another Jewish man came and he crossed to the side of the street and walked past. A priest came up to him, crossed to the side of the street and passed him. They left him beaten on the side of the street for dead. But then the Good Samaritan came. And at the time, Samaritans were the Jewish people's least favorite. The Samaritans and this Jewish man, they would have been adversaries. But he picked up this man, took him into the city, paid for him to have a doctor and housing and food in his belly. That's why we remember the Good Samaritan, not just because we should be adversaries and you picked me up off the side of the street, but because he had the means and the opportunity to help someone, and he did. And I think that's so incredibly important. The Good Samaritan was not just he picked him up and walked him into town and said, okay, bye. But he picked him up, walked him into town and used his resources to make sure that this person, this man who should be his adversary, would be well taken care of. I think that's really important. We would not remember the Good Samaritan if he didn't have money. One of the reasons why I help people get out of debt, one of the reasons I got out of debt was because I want to be outrageously generous and I want to help you be outrageously generous too. Dave Ramsey says outrageously generous because we don't want to be a little bit generous. We want to blow people's minds. That's where I want to get to in life. I hope that's where you want to get to in life, where you just want to be a light to other people. I have a very strong desire to find a single mom and buy her a car. Now, I'm not talking I'm going to go out and buy her a brand new Lexus. That's not my plan. But to find someone who is struggling and give them something that is going to change their world. That's my plan. Some of you may know I have an obsession with Waffle House. And I want to be able to go to a Waffle House on Christmas Day and tip the waitress a thousand bucks. Because... Because I want to, because I feel like it. There was one day I was working in a restaurant. Charlie Sheen came in and he was there with some friends and he was very personable with his friends and he was kind of hiding off. He didn't want people to know he was there. He got up from the table and asked if it would be okay if he went into the kitchen and tipped the cooks. Now, I don't know if you've ever worked at a restaurant, but usually... As a waiter or a waitress, you get tips and then you share with your table support, your bussers, you share with your food runners, you share with the bartenders. Well, we don't normally tip the cooks and we don't normally tip the dishwasher. Charlie Shane wanted to make sure that the cooks got a tip, the dishwasher got a tip. He tipped the busboy. He tipped me as the bartender. He tipped the waiters. He tipped the managers. Because he was so pleased with the service. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people that have some negative things to say about Charlie Sheen. But this was my experience with him. He is an incredibly generous person. And it was mind-blowing to all of us that he wanted to take the time. He could have just left the money on the table and left a note and said, here, give it to them. But he wanted to personally thank the people that made his food. Say thank you for what you have done. And I think that's amazing. So we're solving for freedom and we're talking about 
this memory that I have of a person. I want to talk about your freedom to leave a legacy. Your legacy is not just dollars and cents in a bank account. But let's talk about those dollars and cents. You want to leave money to your children in a very smart way. In a way that it will leave money not only to your children, but to your children's children and beyond. So we want to give them the tools and the habits that they're going to do smart things with these monies. But we want to do smart things with the money and giving it to them. Giving it to them with things like a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA has no required minimum distribution. If it has no RMDs, that means that they can just keep it in the account and let it grow and grow and grow. A regular IRA or a 401k that is inherited has required minimum distributions and they will have to pull money out over the course of 10 years and they get taxed on it. But their Roth, it is added to their net worth without having to take it out and be taxed on it. Another smart way to leave a legacy is to leave your home in the will as opposed to giving it to them ahead of time. There are some people who want to just go ahead and give the home to their children. And they're like, okay, I'm taking the asset out of my name. It's going to be your name and it's going to be great. But here's the problem. When your child goes to sell the house, they no longer have a stepped up basis. But here's what I mean. When you leave me the home in your will, then I sell it. My taxable portion is from the gains that have been made from the day you've passed and the will is granted to the day I sell it. Whatever gains are happened in that short period of time, that's what I have to pay taxes on. However, if you have gifted me the home prior to your passing, my payment, my, my capital gains will be based on whatever you paid originally for the home. If you have had the home for a long period of time, that means I'm going to have to pay capital gains on a whole lot of growth. So we want to make sure that whatever we do when leaving a legacy, we leave it very, very smart. So you want to work with an estate planner to make sure that all of these things are done in a very smart tax advantageous way. We will get into all of those things at another time. Right now, we're just talking about the freedom to leave a legacy. And one of the things that we need to leave to our children is good money talk. Healthy ways of talking about money. I spoke earlier about how my parents never said, no, you can't order a drink at the restaurant because we can't afford it. They just said no. Had they told me over and over and over again, we can't afford it, we can't afford it, we can't afford it, we can't afford it, that would have been added to my psyche of we're poor. I never had that feeling. I never felt like we didn't have enough. I never felt like we were poor. I can be broke, but I can't be poor. Broke is having no money. Poor is the state of mind. But if my parents had told me over and over and over again, we don't have it. We can't afford it. That would have made me have that poverty mindset. So I'm very thankful for the way that my parents talked about money with me. And with my kids now, when they ask for things to say, well, that's not in the budget this month, but maybe we can put it in the budget for next time. Or that's not what we're choosing to spend our money on today. These are just small little tweaks that we can make to our money talk to leave a better legacy to our children. Another way that we can leave a legacy is by having big adventures, going on vacations, making memories. And to do those big vacations, to make those memories and to come along without anxiety and 
fret. We do that by paying cash for these big adventures. Our family went to Hawaii in 2022. We got to stay at the Disney Aulani Resort. And my children had the best time. It was absolutely magical. I got to enjoy it because it was all completely paid for. I paid cash for my portion of that trip. My sister and my brother-in-law were wonderful and helped us pay for part of our lodging. So we were very thankful for that. But we got to go on this big adventure. And I didn't have to bring anything negative home with me. I, I want that for you. I want that for my children. I want that to be a legacy that we leave, that we go on these big adventures and that we have fun the whole time we're there. That I'm not sitting there fretting and, and penny pinching and worrying about money. It's not keeping me up at night because I've already taken care of it. I want that for you too. Another legacy that's so incredibly important is an emotional legacy. One thing that I've been thinking about this week with an emotional legacy is making sure that my children know beyond a shadow of a doubt how incredibly loved they are by me, by their father, by their heavenly father. My kids are loved for who they are, created uniquely, specifically to be who they are, and that I love them for it. No matter what they do, I tell them all the time. I stole this from Mark Gregston. I tell them all the time, there's nothing you can do to make me love you more and nothing you can do to make me love you less. My kids are six, three, two, and new. And I tell them all the time because when they're teenagers, I need them to really know it deep in their soul. There's nothing they can do to make me love them more. Meaning there's no award you can achieve, no game you can win to make me love you more. You don't have to work for it. There's nothing you can do to make me love you less. You can never be so bad that I won't love you. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. They know it. Another legacy that I think is super cool is one of my grandma and grandpa. They came up with this really crazy, bizarre box envelope money game where they gave my mom and my aunt and uncle choices. They're like, all right, here's $500 on the table. Do you want that or what's in this envelope? They would pick the cash. And then my grandfather would say, okay, do you want the cash or what's in this box right here? And they'd all get a box and it'd be a big, heavy box. What do you want? And they played this game over multiple Christmases. It was incredibly fun. My grandma completely rigged it. So she would tell them which answer to pick so that they made the most money. And then at the end of the game, he would give them all the money anyway and whatever was in the box and whatever was in the envelope. It was just, it was fun and we laughed. Oh, we laughed so hard. And even when my grandma was sick, we played this game. And it was one of the last times I remember her standing next to my grandpa at the table where he sat in his chair where he always sits she was just standing at his shoulder and she just had the biggest smile on her face watching her kids get to be blessed by this game by the laughter by the money as well and we all laughed when the game was over this last time I was like okay set it up again my turn and everybody everybody just giggled it was funny because my grandparents always put a $20 bill in my hand as I was leaving they always made sure that we were packed to the brim with more things than we possibly needed when we left. My grandparents gave often and frequently, and there was no huge, giant amount of money left at the end of the day, but it wasn't necessary because the legacy they left, being smart with your money and the legacy they left of being generous, 
was abundant and it was very clear. I just hope that one day when I have grandchildren, that I can play these games with my children and then play them with my grandchildren too. My mom played a similar game with us when she was here this last time when my newest daughter was born. And it was a game where there were a bunch of cups upside down on the table. You got to pick up the cup and whatever was underneath it, that's what you got. There was no strategy to this game. It was just whatever you pick up, that's what you get. And there were little things for the kids and candy and things like that. But there was money under there too, y'all. When the two-year-old picked up the cup with the most money, I was like, this was rigged. This was not right. We should have told him to pick up a different cup. Anyway, you guys don't need to hear more about this story. It was just really fun. And I think that we all need to come up with more fun ways to be generous to the people that we love. That being said, what do you want your legacy to be? We never get out of debt and build wealth just to do it. We do it for freedom. We do it for the ability to make a difference in somebody else's life, be it our children, our spouse, or people in our neighborhood and in our community. What legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to be remembered for? If you guys have any questions about ways to leave a legacy to your children, let me tell you, they're playing follow the leader and they want to know what you are doing. They may not listen to the things you say, but they will watch the things that you do. So if you have kids, I would really encourage you to pick up my seven steps to set your kids up for financial success is a very quick checklist that has seven steps and a couple bonuses as well. Check it out. Make sure that you're doing everything you can to set your kids up a life of success, a life of purpose, and a life of joy. And most importantly, a life where they are free to make whatever choices they want in their money, whatever choices they want in their career, whatever choices they want in their life. Let's all solve for freedom. I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful rest of your week. I will be back here next Monday. Thank you for spending some of your most precious resource, your time, working on yourself today. But don't just listen to the show. Implement something you heard. If you found a piece of today's show valuable, chances are you have a friend who will too. So please share this with them. And if you feel led, please rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. Remember, the legacy you leave is not just dollars and cents in a bank account, but the tools, habits, mindset, and reputation you leave behind. If you have questions or need encouragement, send me a DM on Instagram at Accelerate Your Legacy or check out the resources listed in the show notes. I'll be back next week. Bye for now.